Hello beautiful light beam, I'm so happy that you stumbled upon this wee podcast. Soul-led, spirit-driven is your guide, your companion on your spiritual journey. Together, let's explore past lives, life lessons, karmic cycles. Let's learn how to navigate through this earthly life. And together with my astral team, Echo, I hope to make each episode as potent and as informative as I possibly can so that you can slowly unpack all that is human till you get to that beautiful center that is your soul so you can see yourself in your true magnificence. Okay, let's begin. Hello beautiful light beam, welcome back to Solid Spirit Driven. For the next three weeks, I want to share with you parts of the November monthly mentoring session. The topic was going from ego to flow. Now, all 12, we have one more to go, all 12 monthly mentoring sessions were channeled. Most of them were channeled right in the session. But this particular one was so potent and the information in there so relevant, so important that I wanted to share it with you in hopes that it will help you to see your life from a higher perspective. See yourself as more than just this tiny little human flawed wounded and feel love and compassion towards the people that are perhaps toxic or trigger you because when you are able to do all that you live from an expanded higher state of being your vibration is higher and therefore as my clients have described, it is so easy to create things in your life, to manifest things. Things just come into your life because you are in flow with the universe. You are not operating from your ego. And I want you to really start to understand and hopefully by the end of the third episode, you will be able to start living life more in flow than in ego. So please enjoy the next three weeks. This week's episode starts you off with understanding the I am. And I will ask you to question reality. I will also ask you to question who you really are. And I would love to know what your takeaways are from this episode. So, here it is. All right, let me just see where we are going to start. Okay. So, we're going to start at the beginning of when your soul decides to come into this lifetime. And 
excuse me if I am repeating something that you may have heard before, but this is important to really integrate all the knowledge that will come through today. Because what happens is when your soul decides to come from this limitless self, this self that can think itself into other places, be in other places, the soul that is nothing but pure love and consciousness, awareness, decides to come into this limited 3D world, which is kind of like trying to squeeze yourself into shoes that are perhaps three sizes too small or a suit that you wore when you were five. It's very uncomfortable and you may not fit in properly. So a soul is much bigger than the human suit that we wear. A soul is not this little tiny dot, this little seed inside of us. It is everywhere outside. And a small fragment of it is in this human body. So when the soul decides to come down here and creates, let's say, this roadmap of what this road trip, this lifetime will be, there are only two things that are very, very certain. And that is point A, the birth, and point B, which is the exit. They're the two points that are certain. We have to go through the veil of forgetfulness and be birthed into this earthly world. And then we take our last breath. And we go home. We leave a human suit. We leave this 3D world and we go back up. Now, it has definitely placed a few markers along the way, the big opportunities to learn these life lessons in this lifetime. But then it leaves wriggle room for itself as the human to go and change things, maneuver things to suit the human so that it can navigate through this life. Now, as we go through this veil of forgetfulness, we not only forget about this and the plan, but we leave the map up there. So you are born into this life without a manual, without a map, and the only teachers that teach you how to navigate through this life become the people around you that condition you into what and how to interact with this physical life, with this reality so that you can survive, hopefully thrive. But they are doing it from their flaws, from their 
wounds from their own experiences, from their very limiting analytical mind. Most of us don't have parents or anyone in the immediate circle to nurture and encourage the intuitive abilities that we still possess at birth. We possess everything. So we become these melting pots of what our mother believes, our father believes, what the teacher has told us, how we were treated by our friends, our other family members. And often this becomes a story, our identity so much we take it on that we start to operate within those parameters. So this wriggle room that our soul has allowed for, and please know that when I say a soul has allowed for, it's still us. It's still us. It's still this soul that's in this body. So a higher self, maybe that sounds better, has this wriggle room that it, a higher self has allowed for is shaped and molded by our circumstances, the people, the, the stories that become our stories, the identities that we take on. And that becomes a reality. So you go through life either believing that life is hard, life is challenging, you have to work hard, things don't come easy, I have to see it to believe it, or I'm not good enough unless... Da, 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 da. We are taught that perhaps we need to seek permission, that we need to seek answers from others because others know more than we do. When really each one of us is here having a, their own human experience and through that the mission will be different because each and every one of us is on a different mission. We are here to learn different things as a soul. And so, let me just check this. It's a bit blurry. But we take all this, and this tends to shape our reality and our identity who we think we are. And let me tell you, who you think you are, you are not. You are not the labels that you've picked up from your past. You are not your wounds, your experiences, your circumstances, your parents' stories. 
You are not who you think you are. In fact, even who you believe you can be or are capable of being is not the full story. Because your analytical mind won't let you think beyond a limited pattern. And that limited pattern is based around your BS, your belief system. And your belief system is the programming that you have picked up here in this lifetime, possibly from other past lifetimes too. And that's how you tend to operate. Children up until the age of seven spent most of their time in theta or theta, depends on how where, where we're from and which um, English dialect we're using. So their brain waves are mostly in theta. Now, theta is the state that you get into just before you fall asleep, the almost dream state. And because of that, your analytical mind is in that state already going to sleep. The brain waves are slowing down. This is why hypnosis works really well at nighttime when you're going to sleep because your analytical mind, your thinking mind is resting, it's not interfering. And because children spend most of their waking life or years, time, in theta, they absorb everything. We often say that children are like sponges and it's true. They can sense, not just hear and see, they sense your energy. They can sense when parents are agitated or annoyed. Usually they will work this out and adjust their own behavior so as not to agitate them or upset them. But what is really, I guess, interesting is that in those first seven years, we absorb so much into our subconscious. That's where the programming happens. And we grow up taking that operating system, that programming, and that becomes a way of navigating through this life. So if you hear all the time as a child, you're useless, you're lazy, you don't know anything, you'll never amount to anything, I'm sorry I ever gave birth to you or had you. When children absorb this sort of talk, it sits in their subconscious so much that they grow up believing, because that is their story, I don't even need to try. I'm lazy. It will never work out. I won't amount to anything, right? I'm not loved. I'm not worthy of loving. 
I'm not worthy of trying, I shouldn't be here. When children hear positive words, it programs them. Have you ever told a little child somewhere around the age one to five, you are really clever or you're really cute? And they would say, yeah, I know, right? They would say, yeah, I know. They don't say, oh, stop it, no, you're too, right? They don't say, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I am. They say, yeah, I am. Because naturally, we are beings, we're remembering our, um, our limitless soul. Our limitless soul doesn't feel unloved or unworthy. It knows that it is loved. It knows that it is worthy. And then we are born. And our thinking mind is shaped. So what is really important here is that this programming system dictates whether you will live a life in ego or flow. And what that means is when you live your life in ego, that means you are very much in your head. You worry a lot about people, circumstances, situations, what so-and-so said, overanalyzing, overanalyzing people's behaviors, you know, what they said, what they meant. You rate yourself. How did I go with this conversation? Could have done better. Shouldn't have said this. That was really stupid of me. When you are in ego, your reality is your identity, what you think of yourself, who you think you are, and also how this is how you see the world. And you see the world through filters, again, coded by your well-meaning parents, your teacher, Pasta, maybe, a bully. That's how you view reality. But you are neither of them, and your real, true, authentic reality is consciousness. You are consciousness. So your consciousness, your awareness of self is actually your real reality and that is a blank canvas it does not matter how old you are it doesn't matter the life experiences you've had it doesn't matter how long you've lived in survival mode you are moment to moment like play-doh moldable And the moment you really, truly understand that you, the way you see yourself, the, the, the things that you think about yourself are just filters, labels, names. It's an askew version of your identity of who you really are. 
the more you understand this, the easier it will be for you to detach from it, to detach from what your parents did, what that bully did, what perhaps um, an ex-partner did, what so-and-so meant when they said, you detach from it. And you are able to keep coming back to you, the limitless soul, moldable, changeable. So let me share with you something interesting because for the longest time, forever actually, I always envied people, I always envied kids who knew they wanted to be doctors and they went on and they became doctors or lawyers or cyclists. They were so certain, like, I want to work with horses. I want to be a cyclist. That's all they ever did, all they ever cared about. All the birthday parties, cakes were always themed like that. They had their favorite color. They had their favorite toy. That was the one toy that they loved. And for me, forever, it was changing. Today I like red, tomorrow I like purple, then I was convinced pink is my favorite color. Today I want to be a doctor, tomorrow I wanted to be a psychologist and a teacher, then a writer. I was changing all the time. And that really bothered me because I thought, well, why can't I pick something and stick with it? Even my interests. If someone asks you, what are your interests? Well, I don't want to commit. I don't want to write anything down on paper because it changes. It goes through waves depending on what I need. If it's winter, I love knitting. In summer, I love walking down the beach, reading on the beach. But in winter, I don't love that so much. So that really bothered me. And it wasn't until I was learning in the Akashic records from Akashic masters and teachers about this, that some of us are more aware of our self, our identities, the ones that we place, like I'm a cyclist, I'm a doctor, I'm someone who loves pink, I'm someone who loves elephants. Those are just filters. It's like looking through different colored glass. And you can put down the red one and you can pick up a purple one, look through the purple one, and then perhaps you go like, mm, okay, that's enough. Now I'm going to pick up the green one. It is different every time. And that's okay. Because you are flexible and moldable, this was my soul preparing me for what we truly are. We are blank canvases. Every moment we are blank canvases. So actually it's more like we are these beautiful blank canvases that are covered by these shadow bits. And these shadow bits are the pains, the stories, the beliefs that we have, the labels that we carry. But once you start removing them, there you are, blank canvas, and you can create. When you live a life in flow, you are not just more connected to the I am, which is just 
awareness. I am, I'm aware that I exist. That's actually interesting because my husband has this saying that he likes to say all the time. If you label yourself, you limit yourself. And so if you hang on to a particular identity, a belief that you have about yourself, what happens is whether it's in your life, in your work life, when it comes to manifesting, you're holding yourself back, you're limiting yourself and you're not able to create and experience this life from an expanded state. So let's take manifesting, for example. If you want, say you want to manifest um, a new house. Now, if you hold a particular identity about yourself, which is, I should be modest. I'm a modest person. I shouldn't want much. I shouldn't expect much because my parents always said, you know, all people that are rich and wealthy are greedy and they're, you know, gangsters who steal and probably they got the money, you know, at the expense of other little people. And I don't want to be that. So I'm humble. And... I do want a new house. What kind of house? I would like a big house. I would love a big house. A house with lots of garden and a balcony, maybe a pool, a few rooms. I love that. I would love a house like that. But that's not for me. Things like this don't happen to me and you hold back. Because you have a particular identity, a particular belief about who you are and what you should want and what is available to you. So you will hold back. This could be a car. You might want a great car, but that great car only happens to billionaires and millionaires and it's never going to happen to me. So what's the point of even asking for it? I'm just going to get disappointed. The knowing that you will get disappointed means that you have a particular identity about yourself. I am not worthy to receive it. I'm not good enough. Things like this don't happen to people like me. I am poor. I'm not deserving. But most importantly, I don't love myself enough because think about someone in your life that you love, love. Now, if you think about this person that you love with your whole heart, wouldn't you want them to have the very best? Wouldn't you like, if I could give it to you, I would. If I can give it to you, I will. I just want you to be happy. You would not say to someone who you love, well, you don't deserve this, right? That's You're not good enough for that. And so we say that to ourselves. This is exactly how we treat ourselves in that moment when we say, but I'm not good enough for that. 
So this is how you hold yourself back in manifesting. When you have a particular identity of who you are, and this identity, you've created this identity and you've allowed it to live and breathe in you, um, it will dictate what is for you and what is not for you. What you deserve and probably, okay, could get and what you can't. In your personal life, if you hold a particular identity about who you are as a mother, a wife, a daughter, sister, lover, co-worker, you will use that identity to discern whether someone's treating you good or bad, whether you will let them treat you bad or not, whether you deserve to be treated bad or not. Whether you will allow someone to rob you of your peace, your inner peace, and steal your energy. This is why we have issues with boundaries. So when you are in your ego state, you tend to be very much down here. You tend to be in this physical world you know you see you look outside you watch the news and you see there's war or pandemic or people are sick and you think wow what is happening to the world the world's gone mad right or you make a judgment the war is bad or it's good Right? You make a judgment about the reality. But notice that not everyone sees the world the way you see it. Not everyone thinks, if you think the war is good, that the war is good. And if you think the war is bad, not everyone thinks the war is bad. Or which president or prime minister um, is good or bad, right? whether, you know, one should vaccinate or shouldn't vaccinate. Not everyone thinks the same way. And the reason they don't think the same way is because even though we live in a very solid, dense world where if I hold this up and this looks like a phone, right, this is a phone, you see this as a phone, so you will say, yeah, you're holding up a phone. That's right, this is a phone. We could ask the next 10 people, and unless I just blind them with this light, they can see that this is a phone. But you give this to a child who is two, under two, you give this, and it might think it's a brick. It might start banging with it. It might think it's an instrument. It might think it's a spoon to feed dolls, right? You might sit on it, think, hey, that's a cool little stool. I can sit on it. It might think, wow, this is an oracle. Look at all the cartoons on it, on demand. I just pressed a couple of buttons. To a child, this is not just a point. This is infinite possibilities. Till we say, 
Don't break it. It's an expensive phone. Be careful. It's an expensive phone. We've attached meaning and we've projected this onto that other soul. This now becomes an expensive phone. Now, beautiful light beam. Before you put down those headphones and walk away, wondering, but how do I actually make this happen? How do I gain this higher perspective? We still have two more episodes to go. However, if you want to get right into it, be surrounded by a supportive community and have my help alongside your journey of seeing the more magnificent, expanded, higher version of you, then I would love to invite you into Earth School. Earth School is like the manual we never got when we came down into this physical life. It teaches you how to be the alchemist in your own life, how to manipulate your energy, the energy of the universe, so that you can live a life in flow without worrying, anticipating, stressing out about the future, without worrying about the past, living in the past or letting it define you. But instead, living so present in this moment as this higher, higher self, the soul, in peace, in harmony, vibrating so high that things are just falling into your lap. Easy and purposeful. Air school are powerful teachings. Two, three sessions a month. And then we also offer three members each month a mini Akashic session. So when you think about it, the 15-minute Akashic session that you would get every few months, plus the powerful teachings, the practices, the support of everyone, the energies, the presence of everyone's guides, your guides, my guides, the group's guides. And your investment is $55 a month. So if you feel drawn to this, then Air School is definitely for you. So here's my official invitation for you, and I can't wait for you to join us. And if you would like to trial Air School for two weeks for a dollar, then just shoot me a message, DM or email via any of the links in the show notes, and I will make it happen for you, because I really truly believe that Air School is life-changing. It's the kind of container, supportive container that you want to be part of ongoingly because there's so many learnings so many integrations so much healing thank you again for this week and i shall be in your ears next week bye for now